Hot Takes Your Toast, brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Right now, you can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. All right, we got multiple questions. We'll get to part two in college hoops in the NCAA tournament coming up in the next segment. But right now, focus on the Utah Jazz. The Jazz losing to the Warriors. What is up with that? Corey said, turnovers. And the Warriors seem to hit every three. Rick said, it seemed like every time Bogey touched the ball, he turned it over. Terrible game. Bogey had four turnovers in this one. So did Mitchell and Joe Ingles had three. Well, I can understand Mitchell and Ingles because they... They run more pick and rolls. Yeah, I mean, they they have the ball a lot more. Uh, The Majerus used to break down turnovers by position. And, and like, if if Van Horn ever had four, he would go nuts. Of course, he loved to get on Keith. That's the way it worked, you know, where much is given, much is expected type deal. And that's where Bogdanovich is. He doesn't have nearly as many assists or handle the ball as much to justify four turnovers. And two of them came right off the bat to give the Warriors life right from the start. He's not consistently playing well. He's not matching last season at all, really. Yeah, I don't think he's come anywhere close occasionally, but without looking at numbers, and I'll let you nerds do that, it doesn't look like to me the eyeball test that he's as consistent as he was last year, and he's hurting the ball club because they got other guys that can really help them. Yak, look at his numbers. He was talking to you. I'm talking to everybody who wants to look at the numbers. I mean, they want to look at the numbers, fine. Yeah, numbers you can are... feel it, but you can feel it watching the games. He's not having yeah. as big an impact yeah. as he did. And Gwen says, I'm worried about Bogey. I feel like he shouldn't have been in at the end of the game. Donovan wasn't great either. I don't think he was in. Didn't they have Joe in? Joe Ingles got to play a lot of fourth quarter Joe minutes. Joe closed the game. Yeah. Yep. And Quinn and got asked about that. that. Quinn asked about that, and he said, we've used Joe to close other games. So. I thought they should have used him in Philly. Yeah. Because he had it going on against Philly, and he didn't play the last regulation portion, and then he didn't play it all in overtime, if I remember correctly. And Tobias Harris ate Bogdanovich's lunch. And I thought it was a mistake. And that's what I'm paid to do, second guess. And I thought that was a mistake. So I was glad to see that Ingles was in there. Because right now, I don't think there's any doubt that Ingles is playing individually, playing better than Bogdanovich is. But they still had their chances in the fourth quarter, and they got within a point, and that lineup didn't do it either. Uh, Honestly, Chowder says here, uh, honestly, Chowder Martinez, honestly, it's the same way they started the season. Slow, behind teams, random as bleep. But they'll get it together again. No worries. It's a little more confidence than we're getting from most people on the Facebook page this morning. Did he swear on our Facebook page? He did not. He abbreviated Uh it. It's a common way to do it so that the censors don't uh, sideline your account. Well, I don't think Facebook would do that. I think that I'm the censor. I mean, depending on which side of the aisle you're on, Facebook is known to censor, but I don't think they censor foul language like that. Scott says Snyder is too stubborn with his rotations. He sticks with the same rotations at the same point in every game, regardless of matchups. He killed a few different momentum swings the Jazz were starting by subbing out the hot hand. And they're in first place. (laughs) There's that. Thing is, if you go the hot hand and give a guy a lot of minutes, then coaches worry that, A, the guy they don't put in, um, his level is going to suffer, and that they're going to wear out the guy they do put in. And they worry about that in years when there's more off time. There's less off time this year. 
play a guy big minutes. How's he going to be in the next game? Most coaches tend to stick to their rotations. It seems like that's the way the NBA's tra- trended. A little less riding the hot hand. Sometimes yeah, coaches do it. and I get that, generally speaking. But I think there are times when someone is 6 for 7 and the other guy is 2 for 10. Ride him and, for a couple and, more minutes. And he, and he can't play defense as Philadelphia, and I don't think Doc Rivers is some genius of a coach, but figured out, let's just go right at him. Tobias Harris, you're our guy. In a game in which Embiid was just all that. And they did, just ignored Embiid in overtime and went right at uh, Bogdanovich. So I think in sometimes, I don't think you can just go by your book, whatever your book individually says, at all times. And I think in that situation against Philadelphia, I would have liked to have seen a change. I don't know that yesterday, well, they did change it, and it didn't make a difference. Um, the Warriors shooting 50%, 51% from three is going to be tough to overcome. Josh says, stop turning the freaking ball over. <laughs> if only it were that simple. Yeah, the turnovers actually were even, though. It wasn't the number. It was what Donovan said. It was the timing. You know, they, they got close, and then and they, had, and they were defending, too, it, it, in stretches. And then they had a turnover, and the Warriors get an easy break. And it was just – that happened a couple times in the fourth quarter. It was just so – that the timing was just brutal. But it wasn't that I, – I was surprised, and you can see Donovan was surprised when he looked at the box score because he did it on camera in the post game. He's like, we had – he goes, no, oh, we only had 14. They yeah, each but it had was 14, the and they yeah. each had 19 points off of turnovers. So, obviously, that's dead even. I think that if you're looking statistically, if you're just going on numbers, which I don't think you can ever do, but if you're just going on numbers, it was the three-point shooting, yep. 51% versus 34%. And I think the timing of those was really good, too. The Warriors, I mean, they had different guys hitting threes in the fourth quarter, and the Jazz were right there, you know, Ten minutes ago, seven minutes ago, but and and that was basically how the Warriors got their points in that stretch of the game. They got some turnovers and they got uh, you know one on none, somebody all by himself for a layup or a dunk, and then they hit threes on multiple possessions in a row. And some of them were really good, were just really wide open. I mean, it, how it got screwed up to get to that point, you know, that's I guess what they'll spend their time today going back and looking at who who didn't rotate where when they were supposed to, but. Some of those shots were wide open. I wonder what the stats would say in today's NBA where most teams, I think, are shooting at least 33s in a game. That doesn't seem like an outrageous number anymore, right? So let's use 30 as the standard. You attempt 33s and you make at least 15 of them. I wonder what their one-loss record is. Probably very good. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't tell you if it's... You know, sixty-five percent, seventy-five percent, or whatever. But those are numbers that you're hoping to hit. And you're right about the attempts. Thirty is just—that's not a big deal to look at a box score and see somebody with thirty. No, I don't think so. The the Jazz number has been—you know—try to get to forty, and I think Mm -hmm, they've actually—I'd have to check recently, but I think they've been averaging like forty-two threes, and they shoot in the high thirty percent. But there's plenty of teams (laughs) shooting in that. 33, 35% range. So maybe, and I'm not, not completely, not, I'm not saying completely, but maybe uh, write it off to the Warriors being extremely hot from behind the line. 
and rather than dissect it a thousand ways and think this team's in a big-time slump and it's going to come crashing down and this is who they are and over any 10-game stretch the rest of the way, they're going to be battling to be 5-5. Five and five. Well, you have to write some of them off because they're not going 21 out of 22 again because they would be setting all kinds of NBA records if they did that. So, you know, can they go 7 out of 10, uh, 6 out of 10, and win 65% of their games, win two-thirds of your game? You figure you're going to have some 6 out of 10 and 7 out of 10 runs here. But I think it's... um, and this is where you're right to crack on the numbers, to go beyond the numbers, because sometimes guys get open shots and they just miss them. So you didn't right. play great defense. They just right. missed the shot. Right. Um, and at the same time, you could be right on somebody, and if they throw it in, they throw it in. What are you going to do? So I think you got to go back and look do? at those yeah. 31 threes and say, how often did they run the offense, move the ball to exactly the spot they wanted and get the guy the shot they wanted, and he was open. He had a little separation. Because that's a better measure of good or bad defense as opposed to the numbers. I mean, over time, guys are going to make fewer contested threes, and they're going to make more open threes. But, you know, if you're going into one of these games, especially just one game here with the Warriors and the 15 they made, how often, I mean, Quinn in his postgame, and we ran it last night, said, you know, they had a game plan on how to keep the ball away from Steph, and he was not happy that Steph got nine attempts. He didn't go to the six makes. He went to the nine attempts. You know, because you can't really control Steph. Well, he certainly didn't by himself. I mean, he made six, so there were I mean, you, there were nine other threes by guys who are Wiggins goes of ten of six, twelve of sixteen. Okay, that's bothersome. What really is bothersome is three bench guys. Mm-hmm. Paschal, 4 of 6, Wiseman, 8 and 11, 8 of 11, and then Poole, 6 of 11. Yeah. and Pascal that's, ha- that's bothersome. And Pascal had one in that run of those key threes that blew the game open in the final you know, five minutes, whatever it was, and his three was wide open. He was all alone. Somebody messed up. And maybe more than one person messed up, but yeah, somebody had to have messed shot up. And he made it, yeah. Yeah, he and was wide guys- open. In four of six, uh, they went. Uh, four of seven, Wiseman, he's not really a three-point shooter. And then Wiggum's three of four. So these, at best, average guys, although I like Wiseman, I really think he's going to develop. I mean, he's still in diapers as far as the NBA goes. You, know <laughs> you should I mean? have to play your rookie year in diapers. I mean, Good he, visual. It, when you're that young, he didn't even play three college games, and he had the the eligibility issue with Memphis uh, last year. But I do like him, uh, and he missed a drug test uh, over the break, and so they benched him to an extent in the first game, and they moved him out of the starting lineup. He looks like he's going to be a player uh, down the line, but you got to give him some time to develop. But that was a very nice game for him. But Jordan Poole, he was in the G League a couple of weeks ago. 18 points, you just you can't have that. At least Wiggins, who hasn't lived up to being a, a number one pick, but at least he's been an NBA player for a while. Although I don't, I just don't like him going 12 of 16. That that's I can live with Curry's 32 and his nine three point attempts because he's Steph Curry and he's marvelous. But it's the other guys that really got under my skin, and I think part of it was those turnovers early that gave those guys life. And then they come in without any fear, without any sense of, man, I better produce here. They come in all loose and 
and they're playing and just having fun, and and there you go. And they open up a, a decent lead, and the Jazz are playing catch-up the entire game. Ray says, what's up is our inability to defend. Donovan, minus 26. Bogey, minus 24. Things are not trending well. Donovan puts up numbers, but he is not efficient. So referencing the minus 26 and the minus 24 is the plus minus, and the guys who didn't play with Rudy had a bad plus minus. Well, Mitchell played with Rudy. Right, but the guys who had to play the minutes when Rudy sat down. So when Rudy sat down, the Warriors went on runs. And it was clear that when he sat down, the Warriors were right. going to the rim. I thought that's why Mike Conley was an absolute slam dunk all-star because of his plus-minus. Now it turns out his plus-minus is only beneficiary because he's playing with Rudy? It is a positive. It absolutely <laughs> helps you. That's why, although we don't go into it, that's why people look at all that five-man and four-man lineup stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, they ran it up the flagpole about the plus-minus. Yep. Now it's all just because of Rudy. I can't say it's all just because of Rudy, but it's a major bonus to play with Rudy behind you blocking shots. <laughs> it is a major bonus. And not just that, but guys just like, yeah, I'm not even trying. <laughs> well, it didn't look like Favors had much bounce. No, it didn't. It looked like he played below the rim. And yeah. it's not the first time. And I think that's the thing to look for. There are games where he looks more explosive, and there are games yeah. where he looks less explosive. And, you know, if guys don't want to play below the rim, the guys who play the, below the rim largely have to for one reason or another. I know, and, I always did. And, you know, is, is he healthy? And Quinn got asked that in the post game, and he gave an answer. It didn't answer whether he was healthy or not, but he spoke for quite a while after. So he, he gave an there. answer? He gave an answer, yeah. That's good. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't the answer. It wasn't, we didn't hear, yeah, he's got a back problem or a knee problem or an ankle problem or whatever. And it wasn't, uh, he's 100% healthy. I don't know what the deal was. It was, well, there were several things happening out there with our rotations and our, I don't want to put it all on one guy. He didn't get to, you know, he's not going to address. They didn't answer the, the specific question. No. Which they so I was watching want the NCAA to. tournament uh, selection, yeah. and I didn't. I listened to the pregame. He did get an, asked uh, about uh, what is his favorite fan interaction. He said didn't have any. Yeah, that was um, the guy from USA Today checking in, clearly working on a the but, fans are uh, coming back story. Um, yeah, something's got to be done there because it was clear, it was noticeable, and you're never going to replace Gobert one for one. It's just not going to happen. I mean, we we know that, uh, but that wasn't. It wasn't effective there, and you can see the Warriors just light up and thinking, all right, man. <laughs> we I'm, got a chance to I'm get glad I'm in the game now <laughs> right? because I don't have to worry about anything. I could just just dribble right to the hoop, and I'm going to get there. And that did happen, which has led to the Warriors shooting 56%. And, I mean, well, I don't know. Uh, they So they were 50 of 89 and subtract 16 from 31. So their two percentage, man, is just way too high. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Question of the day, part two for you. Cougar and Aggie fans, all about the NCAA tournament. What are your expectations? We're going to get to that next. And then Kyle Whittingham and the Utes are talking spring football in about 20 minutes live right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.